Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mindset to Mastery podcast. I am your host, Keisha A. Rivers, Chief Outcome Facilitator and President of the CARS Group. And on today's episode, I wanted to talk a bit about um, a transparent moment that I recently experienced. And there's all this talk about diversity and inclusion and having people show up as their whole authentic selves and being able to respect who people are and um, and their backgrounds and their cultures, et cetera. And recently, I, um, I'm African-American, um, if you haven't seen my picture, and I have been wearing my hair in a relaxed style. Um, and because of that, with the chemical process, sometimes with stress and with traveling a lot and having a busy schedule like I do, you sometimes need to give your hair a rest. Um, and I noticed that I had been having a lot of shedding where I would brush my hair and you know more hair would come out than that would normally be in the brush. And so I got a bit concerned and I went to consult with a beautician um, about what I could do to make sure that my hair was going to be healthy and I was going to be able to have a style that would be manageable for um, all of the speaking engagements and the traveling and everything that I had coming up. So with African-American women, there are several different options of what we do with our hair. Um, just kind of give you some backstory if you don't know. And so there are, um, of course, you can wear a wig. Um, you can wear what's called a weave where they put in, you know, additional hair. Um, that sometimes involves gluing or sewing, which may be a little bit more stressful on the hair itself and cause more breakage and damage. Um, there's also a thing called crochet, which means that they braid your initial hair and they add in um, other pieces of hair um, that's synthetic, where you don't have your your original hair isn't styled as much or moved around or anything. It has a, a chance to rest while you can still look you know, pretty good with the, um, the crochet style. Or you can have braids and having your hair braided uh, means that they're adding again synthetic hair on top of yours so that your hair is able to rest without having to be styled and, um, and heated and, and all of that while the other hair is still looking nice. So we're talking about all these different options and you know, I wanted something that looked natural. I have never in my life ever had any type of weave or um, artificial hair or synthetic hair or anything like that. Um, it was just just something I just really wasn't interested in doing, um, not because I thought it, there was something wrong with it. But for the first time, I found because of my busy lifestyle and my travel schedule that's coming up and um, you know, the speaking engagements and, and everything else that I have going on in my life with launching all these new initiatives, I felt it would be better for me to get something that protected my hair instead of having it fall out or break off. And as we're going through the different options with the beautician, and she's telling me the pros and cons of each, and we're talking about what would fit best with my lifestyle and what would fit best with my general style. Um, you know, I'm more of a minimalist and you know, I don't wanna to be too out there. Um, I decided, we decided that braids would be the natural way to go. So if you've ever seen, you know, Waiting to Exhale with Angela Bassett, you know how she goes to the island and she has these long braids um, that, she used, that she wears. Um, I was looking at more that style, 
you know, because then I could pin it up, I could, you know, wear it in a ponytail, I could do it in different styles, I could put it in a bun. It could be professional as well as really fun um, and easy to manage. And right after I said, yeah, let's go with the braids, the first thing I thought about was, hmm, is this going to be acceptable to the, you know, with the speaking engagements I have coming up, with the corporate meetings I have coming up, with the, um, you know, the, the video series that I'm doing. As an African-American woman with braids, will this be acceptable to me? You know, by, will this be acceptable? Will I be accepted? And I took about, you know, I, I had to really think about that. And, and the reason I bring this up in this podcast is because when we talk about including people and we talk about accepting people, you know, the question is, you know, why should I care about what my hair looks like? If this is who I am and it's, of course, you know, neat and, and it makes, you know, it looks good. Why should I spend so much time debating about my hair? Why should I have to take on all of these, you know, social constructs and, and, and the perceptions that people are going to have about me and really kind of take that in and try to make a decision about whether I'm going to do something that works best for me and I'm going to do something that makes sense for me to take care of myself. But instead of me just having those two be the only considerations, instead, I was looking at it as, okay, what are people going to think? How is this going to impact my negotiations? How is this going to impact what I'm doing as far as trying to get in and speak at different, you know, different conferences? You know, what are people going to say when I show up and I have braids? You know, I've been dealing with this whole thing of being the only one, the only woman, the only African-American woman in the room for most of my life and most of my career. And one of the things that constantly becomes tiresome that a lot of people don't realize is that when you are the only one, when you are forced to have to be representative of whatever other that people don't understand and don't have that much, that much experience with, it takes a toll on you. And if we're really going to look at diversity and inclusion, if we're really going to look at creating safe spaces for people to work, and if we're really going to look at creating cultures where people feel safe to show up as their whole selves, then we need to look at our subconscious biases. We need to look at the, the past experiences and the influences that are shaping the way we treat people when they show up as their whole selves. And, you know, that was just one, one instance in a series of things that had been happening over the past few days. And, you know, I saw a Facebook post that was shared by a young woman. Um, she's a, a young African-American woman. And she decided that she wanted to wear a head wrap um, to, to work. And, you know, it wasn't that she was, you know, wrapping her hair in a do-rag or looking like, you know, she was going to bed. It was very, you know, the, the, the scarf itself was decorative. It matched her outfit. It was knotted in a style that, um, for our culture, <clears throat> she looked great, but she had to go through this same process that I went through 
as far as, should I do this? Should I show up to work doing this? And she posted a picture of the reaction. She said, you know, I could focus on the stares that I got, the disapproving looks that I got, um, the fact that people looked at me and I could see that they were immediately judging me. She was like, I could focus on that. But instead, I chose to focus on the people who smiled at me, the ones who complimented me and said that it looked great, the ones who, you know, gave me a high five and a thumbs up, um, the ones that said, oh my gosh, that you look so chic. Um, she, instead of focusing on all the negative stuff, she focused on the positive. But again, in her post, she was like, why was I having to make the decision about hiding part of who I am? Because I can't hide the fact that I'm African-American. I can't hide the fact that I'm a woman. But why am I choosing or having to make the choice to downplay a part of my culture, a part of my identity? because I want to fit in, because I don't want to receive the negative backlash from people who don't understand who I am. And that brings me to today's podcast, because I think that a lot of times when we think about mindset and we think about who we are and we think about how we navigate the world, we don't necessarily think about how our set of biases and our set of experiences and our set of influences shape how we respond and how we react to and how we treat other people. How welcome do we make them feel? How do we make them feel like more of a team, you know, part of a team or part of a group? Um, people don't have to all be alike in order for them to be a part of the team or a part of the group we have to start learning how to separate each other and categorize each other and instead look at how we are great in our own right and how we are great in our own way. And you know, I had a conversation with, with my mentor, whom I call my tour mentor, um, because he really, really pushes me. Um, and yes, I have a mentor and yes, I have, you know, accountability partners and everything. And I'll get into that in another episode and, and why you need that in your life at, at, you know, different stages, regardless of, of where you are and how quote unquote successful you are. But he had a rant because he's like, I don't understand how with different African-American women clients that I have, you guys seem to be so hesitant with putting your face out there as being the face of your company and the face of your brand. You don't want your face on the flyers. You don't want your face on your website. You don't want your face on your business cards. None of that. It's like you're trying to hide. And I answered him and I said, well, you know, you're a white guy, so maybe you don't get this, but for African-American women, especially African-American women who are in the South, we tend to run into some of those biases where people see your name and they automatically think, oh, you're black, so therefore they think certain things. And it's not all the time conscious. It's not, you know, I'm not talking about a racist tirade and, you know, um, people who are white supremacists and all that. I'm talking about there are certain nuances that people automatically think or they, you know, fall back on without really understanding or recognizing that that's what they're doing. So I've had experiences with you know, showing up in a meeting when they thought they were showing up 
you know, to meet with the owner. And when they found out it was me, it was, oh, you're the owner. Um, you know, I told him about instances where when I would, you know, post my name or my picture or people understood that I wasn't working for the company, but I own the company, then the conversation shifted. Um, I told him about losing out on contracts because there were people who thought that maybe I was only in the room or I was only given the opportunity because I was part of a quota. Um, so those things are things that are real and those things are things that happen and those things are things that I don't think that we can, you can, you know, sweep under the rug and say, oh, we're living in this, you know, post-Obama society, so therefore racism is dead and people don't have biases and people don't think um, differently about people because of what they've experienced and so on. And, and I think that we do a disservice to the process of healing when we just try to sweep all of that out under the rug and we don't have the difficult conversations about our subconscious biases or our unconscious biases and our experiences and our influences that have led us to think a certain way and to act a certain way. You can't just change your actions because you decided, oh, you know what? I think that's wrong, so therefore I'm not like that anymore. If you don't address it, if you're not conscious about it, if you don't really understand the reasons behind it, then you can't make a decision to do something differently about it. And so this whole experience was one that I recognized that even at this level, in my, in my development, at this age, in my life, I'm still dealing with the fact that I don't, I, have, I struggle sometimes with showing up wholly and authentically and, and completely because I don't feel safe. So why should I care about what my hair looks like to somebody else? Why should I second guess the opportunity to be wholly and authentically who I am? Why should I pass up on proudly proclaiming that, yes, this is my company and I am the president and founder of it? Why do I have to spend 35 minutes debating about whether or not it's okay for me to choose to have braids because it's a protective style and because I want to look different because I'm afraid of what may happen. And when we're living in this society where social media is all the norm and people have an opportunity to comment and, 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 and say things off the cuff because they're behind a keyboard or behind a phone screen, we really have to think about how are we encouraging people to show up fully or how are we really underhandedly and maybe unintentionally telling them that we don't want all of them? And so when we look at the way that we interact with people, when we think about the decisions that we make for ourselves, are we making a conscious decision to show up wholly and authentically? Are we making a conscious decision to embrace and encourage other people to do the same thing? Are we making a conscious decision to honor all of who we are all of the good parts of us, all of the things that make us unique, all of the things that make us exceptional. Are we doing ourselves a disservice 
by not showing up. And so, yeah, I'm going to be recording videos and yes, I am going to be doing, you know, I have to record a whole series and I have speaking engagements and, and all of that. And yes, you'll see that my picture will look different because I don't need to look the same at all times. I'm a very creative person. I'm a very expressive person. That creativity and that expressiveness, it shows up all over. It shows up in all of the different things that I do. So why would I limit my expression? Why would I limit my creativity? Because you know what? I probably would get a little bit of backlash from that. Or I might lose an opportunity because of that. Now, caveat here, let me make a disclaimer. I am not talking about, you know, dyeing your hair flaming pink and, you know, trying to show up at a Fortune 500 company to work where they obviously have a dress code. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about everyday instances where small microaggressions that people don't even realize that they're doing have a toll on you and it takes a toll on you. And in all of the time that I have lived on this earth, um, there are certain things that I have experienced and that we've all experienced that shape who we are and it shapes the decisions that we make. And I had a long conversation with a young lady yesterday who's about a year younger than I am. And we talked about the fact that she was making a decision although it wasn't a conscious decision, but she was making a decision to not show up because she felt that it wasn't safe. So why should we care or have to spend that much time and energy about our hairstyle or about what we wear or about you know, what we like and in in activities why should we spend so much time thinking about and debating about which parts of us do we show and which parts of us do we hide because that takes a toll on you and it 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 saps your productivity and it causes you to start looking at your life and having to spend way too much time making decisions that shouldn't be that difficult you know I look at this whole thing and, 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 and something that resonated with me is that, you know, as I get older, I start to realize that, you know, there are certain things that I put limitations on myself because I felt that I didn't have a choice or I felt that I was powerless or I felt like I didn't have a voice. But I have earned the right to do whatever I want, to be whomever I want. Because I've, I've paid my dues. I've paid dues that weren't even mine to pay. Dues that were thrust upon me to pay. But I have earned the right to do whatever I want. To be whomever I want. To show up fully and unapologetically as myself. And another thing that my mentor said is he said, if you have clients or you have people who are not gonna wanna do business with you because there's an African-American woman's face on a business card or the name says Keisha and they wonder, hmm, is she black or not? If you have people who choose not to want to associate with you or work with you or be around you because of who you are, then they haven't earned the right 
to work with you. They haven't earned the right to do business with you. They haven't earned the right to, to be in your presence, to have an influence in your life. And when we look at this whole thing and people are saying, oh, well, people are starting to become way too sensitive and, and you know, people are really, you know, going overboard with it. Yeah, there's some instances of, of being overboard, going overboard, but honestly, there's more instances of people just being tired and fed up and not wanting to have to spend another day and another moment having to go through that, and more importantly, not wanting children, their children and people coming after them to have to go through the same thing. And one of the things that I really applaud and I really love about the new generation that's coming up is that they're not having it. They're not standing for it. They're like, this is who I am. And if you don't like it, screw you. I'm going to do something else. I'm not going to dumb myself down. I'm not going to hide. I'm not going to play small. I'm not going to diminish myself. I'm not going to hide my light. I'm not going to discredit and dishonor myself because you have an issue. I'm not going to. And so when we look at how we show up in the world and how we want other people to show up in the world, we have to start looking at ourselves and being really introspective and reflective about how we think and how the way we think shapes our actions and how that shapes our interactions with other people. Because my 45 minute discussion or you know, internal discussion about my hair and, and the timing when I was going to have it done was not just based on, oh, well, what's convenient for me and how can I work it into my schedule? Instead, it was, hmm, should I do it before this event or after this event? Or should I do it then because, oh, this one is a little bit more professional or, you know, how is this going to work with this? It wasn't that. It's not like scheduling a surgical procedure where you need recovery time and everything else. And so there are certain things that you can't do. It was my hair. My hair. Something as small as my hair caused me to have 45 minutes of internal debate about whether or not I should do it. And I think that speaks so much more to how I see myself and, and, and how safe I feel showing up in the world and how I see other people and how they're going to respond to me as showing up as my full self. So when we talk about these types of things and we have dialogue about what it looks like to have diversity, true diversity of thought and perspective and, um, and, and acceptance, and when we talk about creating workforces and workplaces and spaces where people feel comfortable showing up as their whole selves, when we talk about and look at school schools and what's happening with the, with the, the rising tide of bullying and, you know, old school people will say, Hey, I went through it and I'm okay. But are you really? Because when we look at all of this, we don't exist in a vacuum. We exist together. We live together. We're social creatures. We're created to interact and interconnect. 
But when we have all of these small toxicities and all of these small microaggressions and all of these little things that gradually chip away at who we are at our core, then we're not creating a better system. We're not creating a better world. We're not creating a better workforce. We're not creating something that is, is allowing people to be wholly and authentically who they are. I envision a world and a workspace where people are able to be their full self, where they are able to cross that threshold from potential into possibility and actuality, where your potential becomes your promise. And so I want to transform organizations where, yes, I help to facilitate outcomes and I help to get you to where you want to be because I want you to embrace and celebrate and, and fully take advantage of all of the wonderful gifts, talents, and abilities that all of the people in your organization bring to the table. I want to transform organizations by transforming their people. I want organizations and companies and groups to finally recognize and celebrate all of the myriad of resources that they have at their fingertips because of the people that they have hired. And I want the people who are existing in these organizations to stop hiding and to start developing and learning and growing and having a voice and showing up wholly and authentically. I do what I do because I know what it's like to not be accepted. I do what I do because I know what it's like to be put in a box and to be told that you need to sit still and be quiet and not be seen. I do what I do because I believe in a world that if all of us were able to show up fully and wholly and bring our entire slate of gifts, talents, and abilities to the table, that we would be limitless. I do what I do because inherently and, and intrinsically, I know and I believe that until we live our fullness, the fullness of our full selves, that we are somehow dying a little bit each day. I do what I do because just living, just, I'm sorry, just showing up, just not dying is not the same as truly living. I do what I do because I believe in the transformative power of people showing up and people working together as their whole selves. I do what I do because I envision a world where it should not take a 45 minute internal debate to decide how to wear my hair. And I think that when we start examining these things and we start really looking at these things and we start having difficult conversations about these things that are respectful, I think we have an opportunity to actually do something better and create something greater. I started a podcast because I was told I needed to start a podcast because somebody said, well, several people said, Keisha, you have something to say that people need to hear. And I spent a couple of years debating about whether to start a podcast because I felt what I had to say was not that important. 
and there's so much noise out there and there's so many other people who are so much more well-known who don't really need, they don't really need me. Somebody else is doing it. But then I recognized that who I am, my background, my experiences, my gifts, my talents, my abilities, my take on it, my approach, my way of phrasing things, my way of shaping a story, my way of doing it, my way of being me is going to resonate with that person who does not connect with anybody else. So if I don't show up wholly and authentically in something as simple as wanting to get braids because it's going to be better for my hair, then how can I expect to transform the world? And how can I expect to create opportunities for people to operate in their fullest potential and in their fullest promise and, and create organizations and systems that are going to do extraordinary things? How can I expect to tell other people how to show up wholly if I'm not showing up? And you have to think about that. You know, why should I care? Why should it be more than a two-second decision? Why should it be more involved than just going through the options and looking at what's best for me in terms of time and, and cost and maintenance? Why should it be anything more than that? Why should I have to think twice about whether or not my picture is on my business cards, which it is, by the way? Um, why should I think about whether or not I put my picture up on my website or why should I think about, you know, whether or not I need to do videos because it shouldn't have anything to do with who I look like, what I look like, you know, my race, my gender, you know, my background, my, my accent. It shouldn't have anything to do with that stuff. How people are going to react to me or respond to me or, or what they're going to say about me. It shouldn't have anything to do with that stuff. It should only have to do with, am I showing up holy? Am I bringing value in what it is that I'm doing? Am I working my hardest to do my best and to be my best? Am I showing up and bringing all of my gifts, my talents, my abilities to the table? That's the only thing that should be a consideration. That's the only thing that should be a checkpoint. That should be the only thing that's a, that's a check-in and a, are you doing this? Okay, yes, let's go. It shouldn't be in a perfect world. Yeah, it wouldn't be. And yes, I know I don't want to hear the arguments about we're not in a perfect world, Keisha, and this is all la-la land. I know we're not in a perfect world. But that's the reason why I'm talking about it. Because we're not in a perfect world. And because sometimes people don't even realize what they do. They don't even realize that some of the small things that they say have consequences and have an impact. They don't realize it. And so part of the reason I'm doing this particular episode is because I want you to think about it. Changing your mindset and mastering your success is not about your success in terms of how much money you make. It's not just about how much success in terms of how many accolades you have and how many awards you win. Changing your mindset and mastering your success is about being a whole and successful person. It's about being the best version of yourself all the time. 
And if there are some things that I may say that may cause you to take pause and to think about it differently in terms of the way that you interact with other people and the way you show up, then great, because now we're starting the process. And one thing you have to realize is there is a ripple effect to what we do. When we show up and we move through the world and we interact with people, it causes a ripple effect. Whatever we do impacts other people, whether we want to you know, accept that or not, but it impacts other people. So the impact that I have on someone else then shapes them in a way that causes them to have an impact on somebody else, which shapes the other person and causes them to have an impact on somebody else. So the ripple effect of what I do and how I show up and the messages that I send has a ripple effect that go way beyond me for sometimes years and generations. And that's what we're trying to say about these types of conversations. It's not about placing blame. It's about embracing people and celebrating people and showing them that it is safe for you to be all of who you are. It is safe for you to be authentically who you are. It is safe for you to admit that you don't know. It is safe for you to want to learn and grow and develop. It is safe for you here in this space. It is safe. So if I had felt that my hair was not gonna send all of these other statements, if I felt that my hair was going to be a safe thing for me, if I had felt that me showing up as an African-American woman with braids was not going to cause any negative repercussions, if I had felt that it was safe for me to be wholly and authentically who I am, it wouldn't have been a 45-minute internal debate. Could have spent that 45 minutes doing something else. I wouldn't have had an issue with putting my face on the business cards. I wouldn't have had an issue with starting a podcast. I wouldn't have had an issue with showing up. I wouldn't have had an issue if I felt it was safe. So as we look at diversity and inclusion, as we look at creating workspaces that are more welcoming and, 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 and fully functioning, as we look at ways of enhancing our capabilities, as we look at ways of facilitating better outcomes and creating the success that we want, personally and professionally, I think the answer, the, the question that we have to keep asking is if we're showing up in these areas, do I feel safe? If we're creating these spaces, is this a safe place? And if the answer to those are no, what do we need to do in order to make it so? How do we move in that direction where we can say, this is safe and you are safe? How to recreate that? What does it look like? What do we want it to be like? And then what's the steps that we need to take to get it there? And I'm committed to working with organizations, to working with you to help you to get to that point. Because when people feel safe, 
when you're in a safe environment, then you blossom, you show up in all of your extraordinary glory. You take risks, you work harder, you, you push yourself because you feel safe. Because you know that even if you fall, that it's okay because it's going to be a learning experience and you're going to come out better on the other side. So I am committed to working with you on facilitating better outcomes personally and professionally to help you to create a space where you can answer, yes, this is safe. Yes, I am safe. Not in terms of, you know, getting into the comfort zone and pulling back and not doing what you need to do, but safe in terms of I can fly, I can jump off the cliff and soar because it's safe. And if you want assistance in creating that type of workforce, that type of workspace, if you want guidance on how to help your people show up fully in your workspace and getting the best and, and the brightest and, and the most out of them, if you have your own business and you want to show up authentically in your own business fully and unapologetically and authentically, if you want assistance with feeling safe and creating safe spaces, then contact me. My website is carsgroup.com. That's K-A-R-S group.com. I'm Keisha A. River Shorty, Chief Outcome Facilitator and President of the Cars Group. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Mindset to Mastery, where I provide guidance, best practices, some mic side chats, guest conversations, in order to assist you to change your mindset and master your success. Look out for new episodes every week. Um, I'm on milehighradio.com, as well as new episodes published on my website at carsgroup.com. That's K-A-R-S group.com. And I'm also on a variety of other uh, stations, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play Podcasts, iHeartRadio, et cetera. But go to our website and let us know how these episodes are impacting you, how what I'm sharing is on point or you take issue with it because I'm up to having a healthy debate. And then tell me about some issues that you're facing and other things that you want to actually learn about and you want to know about. Um, and this particular one, I didn't provide a specific set of answers like I do on other ones because this one really hit home and it was more so from the heart. Um, some of the episodes will be like this. Some of them I'll do a case study. Some of them, you know, we'll always try to give you an actionable item. Um, and as I'm thinking about it, if you wanted an actionable item from today, it would simply be to ask yourself, do I feel safe? And am I safe in these environments? And if the answer is no, then what do I need to do to change that? And once you figure out what needs to change, then you can start the process in terms of making it a better environment. So join me next week for another episode. Thank you so much for spending the time listening in. You can go back and listen to some of my old episodes as well and reach out. Let me know how this has impacted you, how you feel about it. And until next time, make sure that you are examining who you are, 
you are questioning who you are, you're questioning the spaces that you show it in, and you are constantly checking to see, are you safe? And is this safe? So make it a great one and be sure to create your success today. Bye-bye.